I do believe that when our mind is not in the right place, it oftentimes makes us procrastinate or overthink things. It's not being able to do what we really wanted to do. And if we want to be a healthy person, we need our mind in the right mind space. Welcome to the Wellness Hood podcast, a place where curious individuals like you gather to explore the diverse realms of wellness. Here, we're going to share, learn, and hopefully inspire one another on our journey to reach our best version. Hi there, how are you today? Ready to dive into another The Wellness Hood episode? But first, we want to hear from you. Has our content sparked positive change? Share your thoughts. And if there's a topic that you're reaching to explore, let us know. We are all ears, always ready to learn here. Today, we're joined by Tanya Smiths, a seasoned health coach. Have you ever wondered what a health coach does and how to find the right one for you? Tanya unravels exactly this. With over six years of experience, she's guided busy professionals and homemakers on a journey of self-discovery, aligning health and wellness to find joy in well-being. Tanya's holistic approach covers many areas, nutrition, exercise, stress management, emotional intelligence, mental balance, and more. Join us as we explore the path to lasting healthy habits personalized to your lifestyle. Hi, Tanya. I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited and thank you for inviting me today. Thank you for joining us today. Really, really happy. How are you today? I am good. I'm really energized. I did my workout this morning, so I feel my energy. Thanks a lot. How are you doing today? Really good too, same wise. So what we're going to start with, introduce yourself, please. Where you come from, speak more about yourself, and for everybody to understand how you end up being a holistic health coach. So yeah, I'm Tanya. I am Belgian. I live in Singapore, and I'm working with either professionals, busy professionals, homemakers, teenagers, and I take them into a journey of what I call self-discovery and bring their health and wellness into alignment to find the joy in being well. And I repeat that last one again, to find the joy in being well, because oftentimes we think, oh, we need to be healthy. And we think this is like an exhausting task to do. So I try to make that alignment really well. My approach is holistic. I work with my clients' goals. The whole purpose is to create sustainable change that are long-term healthy habits. So that's what I do right now, but I wasn't always a health coach. I've been working for almost two decades in the corporate world in marketing and in the video games industry, a completely different industry that I'm working in today. But it actually led me to where I am because I got sick. I got burned out. I had a lot of eczema, a lot of things that happened to my body that I didn't know what was happening. The only thing that I knew for sure is that it stopped me from working. It felt like I was paused and stopped and I had to work on myself first. I needed to figure out a couple of things. And that journey led me to the surprisingly knowledge of what food is today. Food healed me. Food healed my eczema. Rest healed myself, both physically as emotionally. When I went back to work, I just felt that I wanted to know more about that. How did I get into that journey? How did it heal myself? And never did I know that this could happen. So 
A couple of years later, we were sent from Belgium to Shanghai for a professional journey of my husband. And that is where I went into deep into my journey. And I started to studying at Institute of Integrative Nutrition. They're based in New York. And I did their basic course. I did a gut health course, hormone health course emotional eating psychology and i peeled layers and layers and layers till i finally became a health coach yeah so Amazing. today we moved from shanghai <laughs> to singapore during the pandemic and that's where i am and that's where i started my business and i'm still coaching so it started in shanghai but i'm still coaching in singapore really good i mean such an amazing wealth of knowledge all the courses that you've done and your, your specializations you mentioned the hormones got health emotion obviously the whole basic to become a coach, detox as well. You even learn Reiki, I understand. And currently you are on your ACC certifications. You're almost yeah. done or? I'm almost done. I am certified as a coach, but then if I would like to have the ACC certification as well, which is the international coaching certification, I have one more exam to do. I ticked all of the boxes, but the exam is the last piece that I need to do, I apply, then hopefully in a few months, that will be done as well. Right. So a lot that you prepare with and the many people that you have touched through your years of experience, to start right from the beginning, just this episode today, just to explain what a holistic health coach does and how can you help. So maybe we start right from the beginning. What is a coach? A coach is someone who partners with you in a thought-provoking process to inspire your client and to maximize their either personal, professional, or whatever potential that you want to expand on. That is what a coach does. As for a health coach, then you're gonna narrow it down on the area of health. If you hire a personal coach, it's gonna be around your, your personal life or a career coach is about your career. So this is what a coach does. Maybe some people don't know is that coaches work future focused. So they're not going to talk about the past as much. So for example, a therapist, when you go into therapy, they talk about your past and they need to know and unravel things about the past. Mentors and coaches, they talk about the future and they are focused on what the future is involved. Like that clarification, I think it's really important. Although you would look into the past to understand what's stopping you to go to the future. Would that be correct? Yes, exactly. Because for me as a holistic health coach, I would like to know the root of someone's behavior and the root of someone's actions. Because if you don't go to someone's root, you're not able to change anything in the future. It's very superficial. And so you need to go to that. You need to dig a little bit into the past. But that is only to gain a little bit of knowledge where it comes from to then connect back to today and to the future. Absolutely, that makes sense. How do you see the role of a holistic health coach alongside the traditional healthcare? I think it's really important. I work with a lot of medical doctors that don't have the time in their practice to support someone and guide them and clarify things. So as a health coach, I just break down the goals or the things that the doctor tells them. If they say you need to work on your lowering your cholesterol and they give a list of foods, usually that is not very helpful for their particular life. They need a little bit more help with that. And I know enough when a doctor sends their patients to me 
with their information that I know, okay, this is about cholesterol health, then I can go and break that down for them, make goals based on the patient's needs and health and help them along the way in a step-by-step journey. So there'll be a support specifically for a medical perspective if a doctor prescribes anything or realizes they need to work in a centenary, you can be a support, right? Yeah, because it's food. Usually this, this, for example, you will change their food, but also you might need to change their exercise. And it's about looking at their whole, like, how are they living their life? The doctor doesn't have time in their 10 or 15 minute session or patient visit to figure out what is really going on here and how are you going to change that behavior? And so in my sessions, we go really deep and we go to find out what are the current behaviors that you have? What are you currently doing? How is your family set up? Some people are single, some are in a family. So all of that is important to know to then want to change and then put it into action in what works for them for their personal life, which is the most valuable. So let's talk a little bit more of that, because obviously you have that holistic approach. So what does it mean, this holistic approach? I believe you have four key pillars that you look into, and there's so much into each of them. Tell us a bit more, please. Yes, the four pillars of health are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And they are all interlinked very key and important. Sometimes you start working with physical and then it is connected with one of the other pillars. So an example, physical health is what you eat, how you sleep and how you exercise. Mental health is how you think. Emotional health is how you feel and spiritual health is how you belong, how you belong to this world, how you belong in this or of this world. And as we go and dig a little bit into these goals of the clients, sometimes we start with something that is food, cleaning up food habits, integrating physical health and exercise. But then we notice that, oh, maybe there is some behavior, mental health behavior that is unhealthy the way they think or, and, and it leads into the mental health automatically after, uh, approaching the physical health. Oftentimes, emotional health as well is important because the way we feel, like sadness, anger, we all have those kind of feelings. And when we ignore these, we are not in alignment. We feel that these emotions are happening to us instead of this is just emotion is an information that is sent to us. And we need to learn to sit with them and understand what are these emotions telling us. And so from there, you can bring that back into your exercise or food routine. Amazing, because I think this is what you were saying before, is going back to finding that root to help you. And also, you'd say it in your introduction, the definition of being healthy, it's quite complex and it means many different things for anybody. But I love how you describe it. That ultimately is to be well, to enjoy to Mm -hmm. feel happy. It's not a punishment. It's supposed to be a way of a lifestyle, right? That is your best version. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I started working with a lady and she told me, I need help with a better diet because I gained weight during the pandemic. That was the reason why she came to me. And she was just looking for clean foods and she heard about me and she liked my foods and my recipes. So it was kind of 
something that she could connect. Once we started working, after a few sessions, I noticed that she does like all of the things around her in her life. Whenever something happens to her, she celebrates or processes any of her emotions with food, whether this is a good or a bad emotion. And she never learned any tools to deal with emotions other than food. So there is also no way that she would reject food if somebody offers it to her. So she feels also the obligation to have that. So if I, as a coach, would only be focused and tell her, look, these are the foods that you need to be eating, then she's going to struggle with the willpower of not being able to deal with these emotions in the future. So now we are working on unpacking what is going on with these emotions. Why are you using food? When did you start using those? So we go a little bit to the past, but then we are just using that for the future and finding new tools for her to celebrate things on a different way than food. And that needs to become a habit. And that is not easy. So these are sustainable shifts that she will need to go through, experience, and it's going to be failure involved as well because nothing is going to, I am not the one saying like, all right, and from now on, your life is going to change for the better. It's going to include failure, but I know for sure that the shifts that she's making right now are so incredibly profound that this is going to make a big change in her life uh, forever. Whether this is going to stay, maybe this is just the first thing that is coming on her path, but the realization when we talked about the fact that, oh, I'm using food for every single event or thing that happened in my life, she didn't realize. That is one example how emotions and food are very interconnected. Could you tell a little bit more in terms of methodology? How do you help, if you want to stick to this example or on another one, bring it a little bit more for our audience to understand what will it take and what's the process and mm. some tips maybe? First of all, it's important that I connect with the client before working together. So I know that this is somebody I can help. Oftentimes, people come to me with expectations that I'm not able to do for them. For example, if it is pure dieting-wise, I'm not the right person. If there are really, truly deep eating disorders, that is also not my task. But I have worked, for example, alongside psychologists. So when they are, for example, seeing a therapist and at the same time working with me, that is an opportunity and a possibility. So having a first conversation and knowing exactly what do you expect from this journey? What do you want to change in your life? And seeing if we are a match. After that conversation, we start a journey, which is either a four-month or a six-month journey. Because these changes, habit change, is never done overnight. So you need to expect some kind of time. And then the first session, we create goals. It's all about making sure that I understand what my client wants to achieve, because that is what I'm going to do. I don't have an agenda of my own. I'm using my tools to get to where they want to be, but it's my client goals. And also guiding them, because oftentimes we are up in our head with our goals, not knowing exactly where we want to go. Like We're just up in our head with, I want to lose X amount of weight. That is not really truly helpful. So why do you want to lose that weight? What will it bring you? 
understand how they will feel achieving those goals, the alignment and the inner alignment with who they truly are, that is what I'm looking for in the goals. And we're going to break them down. So once we know our end goal, we're going to break it down and make it very actionable. Actionable in the sense, if somebody would like to create, for example, an exercise routine, it's not about the goal will be, I want to exercise three times a week and go jogging and 5K run um, this time, etc. It's too specific. What I want to know is what do they want to achieve with that exercise? For example, oh, they want to increase their stamina or they want to improve the way they feel after exercise or start a day fresh. That is a good exercise goal. And from there, we're going to explore which exercise would benefit. So it's actually a lot of things that we will unpack in the goal setting part. We need to know exactly what they want to do and leave room for flexibility and discovering different kinds of things. Once we know the goals, it's super easy. It is just one step at a time, nothing more than that. And one step at a time means we're going, for example, in the area of food, add foods to your diet. I'm not going to remove anything, especially not in the beginning. I'm going to add, add, add. I'm going to make sure that you're confident with food, that you're able to widen the perspective of what are healthy foods. And when you are confident enough, we will slowly remove the unhealthy ones. But usually this is a process that goes very automatic. I don't have to do a lot about it. As soon as you add a lot of whole foods and good foods, the bad ones are going automatically. And so I'm adding a lot of things one day at a time. So in each session that we have, we check in every two weeks. We will talk about their progress. We will check in on their goals. And we commit on one, two, or maximum three things that they can commit to for the coming two weeks. And that's the only thing that they're working on. And that is how our sessions will progress over the coming months. And then, according to what I find that is important, I will touch upon tools for emotional health, mental health, physical. I will open my toolbox and take out whatever I need that is needed to address that root that is there that needs to be addressed. Makes a lot of sense. So I think, obviously, there's a level of accountability to start with that really helps you to make it happen. But what I like is how you the real goal, right? What is the real goal and sort of what you're going to get out of it and then get the person in the right frame of mind or just in the right direction to sort of make sure that the changes are truly making a change on the right. As you say, not just to five kilos that I want to lose three times exercise. No, just go deeper, get to know yourself. So it's, it's, it's a lot of internal work, right? There's a lot of, you need to be ready as an individual, I think, to take this journey. Do, do you find this with your clients? Is everybody ready? to dig so much or to get to know them a little bit more themselves? Yeah, my clients usually, most of my clients come to me. I don't put myself out there because it wouldn't work. Simply because if somebody comes to me, it already means they are at some degree ready to make a change. Otherwise, they would not contact me. So then when we have that conversation and we're feeling, am I the right person? That is one of the questions is, how ready are you to make change? What is the percentage from one to zero to 100 for you to make that change? It is incredibly important. 
So if they're not in the right mind space to do this, if they think, oh, this is going to be easy peasy, I'm just going to be sliding in into my sessions every two weeks, that nothing's going to happen is action involved. But it's not that hard as it seems. It is just surrendering at one point to, I want to work on my health and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to take suggestions from my health coach and I'm going to try them, whatever I feel that is needed on my journey, they will realize a lot themselves and implement them. I guess once you start achieving and seeing that little shift, that's it. That's kind of like when you start chasing it a bit more, I assume, right? And and they can see the, the benefits and the doing things from, from another perspective, I assume. Yeah. And I think with food, the thing with food is that we often eat because it's time to eat or we feel like eating this or that, and we are not connected with our body anymore. And I put a lot of emphasis on the connecting your body with your food journey, which means basically whenever you eat, you're going to feel first, am I really hungry? What is that on a scale from one to five? How hungry am I? I'm going to eat only till 80% satisfied. I'm going to eat slowly. I'm going to chew well. I'm going from meal to meal. I'm going to leave out snacks. How hungry am I going to get? Am I Do I really need that snack? If yes, okay, grab a snack, but let it be a healthy one. So those kind of small things will help them to also connect with their hunger levels. Because I can tell you 80% of the people that come to me, they don't know what hunger is anymore. They haven't experienced hunger. They feel an emptiness in their stomach when the stomach empties itself. And they feel like, oh, it's not full anymore. I need to eat again. More than real hunger, real physical need for food. So I'm teaching that. And once you start to understand that, that whole reconnection with food starts to change. So that takes a while, that takes like a month or two. But after that, people really are able to understand that and connect better. And then the remaining months are to make sure that we work on these habits, that they become a lifestyle habits after we finish. I love this as a, as a great example, right, of successful stories on how individuals have benefited. Do you have any other examples that you want to share? And maybe not linked to food, maybe linked to any other the pillars or any other thoughts of like clients that you're really proud on their kind of turnaround, maybe? Yeah, I'm thinking right now, I have this client that I work with for many years already. She was one of my first clients in Shanghai. She was the kind of person who told me, look, I need to lose five kilos. And it was very diet focused. So it took her a very mental shift in order to like, do I want to do this? Because she was really looking for a diet. Eventually, she signed up for me. She said, okay, I want to know about this lifestyle. I want to know about this. Interestingly enough, she's still with me. But our sessions now are not about food anymore. Rarely does it do we talk about food. This is about her mental and emotional mind. Being able to navigate. She is the owner of a big company in Europe and she has a lot of balls in the air always trying to juggle everything and her family life and everything. So our conversations are about managing the emotions, managing the mental minds of her daily life at work rather than her health because she knows that if she is able to balance her mind and her emotions, she will do her workouts. She will eat well. 
But when all of that is confused, then all of her mind goes in a different direction and she doesn't make time for herself anymore. So that is one of the things that I found really profound for our sessions that are not, it is, I'm a coach, so I coach her on the mental and the emotional part. But I have many clients that eventually they shift. The first few months will oftentimes go very practically on food and exercise. And maybe I'm more of a mentor in these first few weeks than a coach, but then it transitions into a coach. And then we go to, to the mental mind. Last week, I had a conversation with a lady who is moving from one country to another. She's also going to get married soon. So moving, getting married, changing careers at the same time, all of that is happening. And all of a sudden, she doesn't know. Like She doesn't know if she still wants to do all of that. <laughs> and she has a problem of letting go. So these emotions are at the number one in our conversations. And she learns tools to manage those emotions. And last time she said to me, I needed this session so much because I had this terribly difficult conversation with my boss and I was so frustrated and I knew I had a session with you, she said, and I'm so glad we have because I know that my mind will be at peace after our meeting because you will be able to unravel what is really going on. And I'm very glad to hear that when my clients say that because it means that when they are at peace with something they can move on and let go of something that sometimes stays in our mind forever you are this beautiful safe space that they come to you and obviously you're looking at from a coaching perspective so you are there to listen you're there to sort of like give them the perspectives and make them think differently and they know as well that in that time that you're together they can prepare as you say for the future so whether a tricky conversation, a tricky situation. So it's just a beautiful, as I say, safe space for people to sort of prepare and be stronger and ready to take on life. Would mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, I do believe that when our mind is not in the right place, it oftentimes makes us procrastinate or overthinks things. It's not being able to do what we really wanted to do. And if we want to be a healthy person, we need our mind in the right mind space. So yeah, that is what I'm trying to do with my clients to let them stay on the path. And they're usually very, when they start, but what happens a couple of months later when their old mind pops up and they're not too sure about it anymore, I need to reel them in with all of the mental and emotional health and balance that I have out there. And I think that makes it much easier because I think a lot of people might think, I can do all this by myself, you know, nobody knows better than myself. And but obviously, it's really hard. It's a tough journey to be doing it by oneself, isn't it? Exactly. That is why I think a lot of people still have that perception like, I can do this myself. I don't need a coach. The same reason why maybe people don't take personal trainers because they say, why do I need a trainer? I can get up and go running. Well, why don't they then? Some people really need a little bit of more structure. And it's not about structure, maybe it's more about. I am their mirror and what they tell to themselves is really important. And is that the right thing that they need to be saying to themselves? Don't they deserve someone who tells them what they want to be really be doing in order to achieve their goals? We are worth having someone next to us, guiding us to where we want to be in life. And so I really think that the perception of a coach sometimes 
is not so much valued and it should be because it's us navigating life and somebody not right there next to them without any agenda like not like your mother or your partner or your friend who will have the best advice but they just maybe want what they want or what they think is good for you while a coach is a neutral and a safe space and a mirror for you for me the only person who will be able to put you to a next level so what would be your advice for someone who wants to start their healthy journey what should they pay attention to or, or focus on well i always give the advice to not focus too much on your big goals that you would like to achieve but make sure that you also celebrate the little wins and be more focused on the little wins it's like a staircase that you climb every step is important don't try to take three or four steps at a time at one go but go one step celebrate it and then go to the next step and this could be just from if you just physical exercise just going a couple of times a week and once you have that under your belt you just maybe go a little bit longer or but don't focus too much at the end result altogether because it's too overwhelming so break it down make it invisible as steps and then you can see the successes and to encourage it to keep going yes exactly and with food oftentimes people think oh i need to eat clean right away and i need to have my diet sorted and everything needs to happen but actually the very small successes is for example i will cook myself three times then that is your goal and that is your celebration if you are able to do that and then you set a new goal based on what you think should be the next goal instead of only thinking about your end result it is too overwhelming and oftentimes it leads into failure it's exactly the reason why on the 1st of january people have so many big goals that they make for the year and probably the 2nd or the 3rd of january they're already out of the window because they feel like oh this is too much too like i can't do this and you need to celebrate the small wins well and i think that links to what you were saying before and i think it's called crowding out right it's not about just taking things out it's just at in so as you were saying cook a bit more or drink a bit more water or swap this for that just these little things rather than go and have a, a chocolate croissant why you don't have factor with peanut butter i don't know i'm just making yeah. it up but just those little things that actually is what get you to the final goal right yes exactly and by the way you said drinking water but it's one thing that i feel that most people are not doing enough is drinking water the second thing is not eating enough veggies so it's kind of like we all know it but we don't do it so if we just focus on those little things getting those right or not specifically getting it 100% right but doing it better than we're doing today and understanding why is it so hard sometimes it is about not having a water bottle and not taking your water bottle with you or some small things that prevent you from doing it and instead of just being stuck in your own self guilt and blame just look at it like what am i not doing what can i do to make this happen is oftentimes the easier way out and since any other tips or anything else that you would like to share or that you think i mean you mentioned like water vegetables what else is in your top list i mean obviously every person there's a bio individualism and we all different different needs but there must be some sort of as you say water vegetables 
any other little tricks that could help? There is something with food that is really important. We often sit in a lot of guilt when we eat foods that are unhealthy. So the label healthy foods is really a bad reputation label because we think, oh, if we need to eat healthy, it's going to be boring, it's going to be bad, it's going to be... And so all of the unhealthy foods get this extremely glamorous label. But actually, that's not the truth. That's what we labeled it. And therefore, we think that is the truth. So I want my clients to identify exactly how they feel when they eat whatever they eat. Even if it is healthy, unhealthy, it doesn't matter. How does it make them feel when they eat it, after they eat it? How many clients that I have worked with that have food sensitivities, bloatiness, tiredness after eating that they didn't realize until we're going to this analyzing process? And they're just stuck in their head like, I can't eat this, I want this. And it's all the mental mind that they're stuck in. Um, the first thing that I'm telling them is, I don't want you to be judging yourself. I want you to analyze your foods, analyze your behavior with a curious head. So be kind to yourself. What that means is when you wear your curious head, you stop the judging. And when you stop judging, you're able to find solutions. Because as soon as you judge, there's nothing else. There's never going to be a solution. And that curious head will then lead you to understanding, do I really like this? Like a bag of crisps for a lot of people, they say, oh, but this taste in my mouth after eating these crisps is kind of like I need to brush my teeth because it's like so full of disgusting flavors. I need to get rid of that. And they haven't realized that up until they start to analyze what is this food really doing to me. So if I understand correctly, it's back to be kind to yourself. Be more gentle, right? Don't judge yourself because as you say, once you judge, then that's it. You don't have that open-mindedness to have a bit more empathy for yourself and to understand why you do it and how you do it. And then that's where you're going to find out where what you like. Because what's the point of having a big chocolate cake? Then you feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not about not eating the chocolate cake. It is about yes. whenever you have the chocolate cake, please enjoy it 100% and fully. Because also when you have that chocolate cake and you are able to enjoy it, your body is not stressed with guilt and all of these feelings, which then also leads to bad digestion because that is proven. A stressful body leads to bad digestion. So we need to understand that if you have decided to have that cake, then at least enjoy it fully. And if you want to understand and eat less of that cake or for whatever reason, go in your analyzing mode. And that analyzing mode will give you answers for next time and ideas on how to solve that in the future. So back to this inner journey, get to know, we should know each other better. And then that's going to help us a lot in our, what drives yes. those behaviors, right? I used to snack. I remember I used to snack a lot, like every mid-afternoon, whatever I was in the pantry and in, in, at work, that's many years back, but just out of boredom because I wanted to have a break. My brain needed a break from my laptop, from my meetings and standing up, opening the fridge and grabbing whatever it was. It wasn't hunger. It was boredom or it was just to have a break. And then I realized, okay, what I'm doing this, I'm not even enjoying whatever cookie that's in there or whatever it, it was. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to go for a walk instead. And it just an example of like how in my own discovery, doing exactly yeah. what you're saying, I just got to sort of like get my brain to have a break, get my brain to sort of come back. 
full of energy to the next. Without them feeling guilty, I've had something that I thought would give me temporary energy or, or help me to go through the day, right? So I think that's exactly what you're referring to. So I yeah. in there and I totally relate to. Yeah. And a lot of people find it hard to do that for themselves because analyzing is a tool that requires practice. So being out of the judgment mode is oftentimes really hard. And that's where a coach is really good to put that mirror in front of you, to have that safe space. I'm never judging my clients. I'm just analyzing. And I'm saying like, look, can I share what I think is happening here? And if they allow me to do that, then I will put that mirror in front of him and say like, look, I think this is what is happening. What do you think you could be doing? And then it's back in their hands. And so that is something that is really difficult to do with yourself or with friends. Friends will just oftentimes easy say like, oh, but that not to worry, that's okay. Because maybe they do it themselves and it helps them to have someone on the same side. And therefore, we just want to be kind to our friends. We don't want to be in that uncomfortable situation. Very nice. Makes sense. If somebody is interested to look for a health coach, what should they be looking for? What's your advice? First of all, a lot of people do chemistry sessions, which is an introductory session to get to know your health coach. And it's a great way to find out if that person is a right match for you. So look into what are the health coaches' accreditations? What did they study? Is that something that I'm looking for? If they have a website, what are, are their mission and values? Is that aligning what I want to be achieving? Do they have any kind of testimonials? And what are these people achieving? Is it something that I want to be achieving? So look very much into that person because it's a one-on-one -on -one interaction for quite a while with that person. So I think that chemistry session is really important. And then the skill sets, is that something that can benefit you? I agree. I think that chemical check, it, it's critical to make sure that you have as well, you feel comfortable sharing and talking and it's the right person that will understand you. Really important factor. I think so too. And if I look back at my first coach that I hired back when I had my burnout, she wasn't accredited at that time. Now she is, but she wasn't at that time. She was a life coach, maybe not specifically for what I needed, but this was the person that I connected with our chemistry was there. She understood what I was going through. And I felt safe confining the things I need to be confined to her. And that is so important. So if you have somebody like that, that can guide you through your challenges that you need to go through, that is the right person to choose. We could be talking for many more minutes, I think, and just go into even further detail on the four dimensions and all. But I think for today, just to give an introduction of what health coaching, I think we touch the key basic. Is there anything else, Tanya, that you would like to share? No, I think whenever somebody is looking into hiring a coach, be open to it. It has so many opportunities. And if they want to connect with me, they can also do that chemistry session with me. So I have a 40-minute chemistry session that I'm open and willing to share with anybody who is interested in their health journey. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I have one last question that I always ask to everybody. Do you have a daily wellness routine or practice? I do. I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for every single day. I do it at nights before going to bed. 
And it's a ritual of going through my day and shifting things that might have not been what I thought were super good, but seeing the other perspective of it. And I've been doing this and sharing it with one person that, and she also shares it with me. So we've been doing this for one year and it's great. So I love this practice. Fantastic. I love this one in particular. So I think we're done for today, Tanya. I really appreciate your time and your sharing. Thank you so much for inviting me and getting some clarity out on what a health coach does. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Have a great Thank day. Thank you, Monza. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on the Wellness Hub today. If you're as intrigued by today's conversation as we are and want to dive deeper or connect with our guests, visit our website at www.thewellnesshub.com. There, you'll find links to our guest work, articles and ways to connect with us on social media. Your thoughts, questions and suggestions are essential to shaping our future episodes. Let's co-create a space that resonates with your interests and empowers your wellness journey. We truly appreciate your support and can't wait to have you back with us for our next chat. Until then, take care and consider adding one little thing to your life that makes you feel better.